Yeah, Mr. Chairman. Point of order. I'm not here to discuss personal matters. Well, why are you here then? It's a long story. This is Armstrong and Getty. Point of parliamentary inquiry, Mr. Chairman. We'll wait for your motion till I finish this. We are on our path. There is a lot of That's why I'm going to do something unprecedented. Booyah, Gentleman is not recognized. Very hard to get an answer out of you. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Dressed up in Aladdin costume. Sorry! Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Getty. Live from Studio C. Season your... That had a different tone to it than usual. I'm a man of a thousand voices. Interesting. Here's one. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> a dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications Compound. And today, on a Friday, to kick off the weekend, we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Kids walking out of school to protest climate change. Yeah. Whatever. By the way, Michael, I thought we were all going to wear brown face. You're not. What is that? It's kind of. You look more tan than usual. What? You just put on some base, some makeup. Everybody's supposed to be in an Aladdin outfit. <laughs> How many more times has the Prime Minister of Canada turned out to have worn blackface? A boot to four or five. A boot to seven. <laughs> Ooh, he might be, or more. He might be oot of office then. <laughs> I've actually been in brownface. More than my regular face throughout my life. <laughs> so hundreds of times. Turns out, now that you look at it, yeah, I've spent more time brown face than an actual my actual skin color. And I, as one of the great lecturers and whiners about political correctness around the world, turn out to be in blackface about half the time. And uh, good Lord, is there a bigger hypocrite on earth? Did did I hear that he actually said to a reporter, she used the word mankind, and he gave her a little lecture? Shoot her out. Yep. <laughs> hey, I wish you wouldn't now, say that. I wish you would say humankind. Now is not the time for that, dude. You can't go with the I'm so perfect, I don't say mankind. <laughs> if it turns out you've done the whole blackface thing a half dozen times. He's the wokest. Not that I think he's a racist. I don't think because you put on blackface that automatically means you're a racist, but. He's doing the full, uh, I realize the hurt I have caused, apology sort of thing. Oh, yeah. He makes Beto look proud of himself. He's Mm. so cringing and curled in the fetal position. He's just kind of fun to watch. But back to the uh, general manager. A sad little man. What's that all about? Oh, you got school kids around the globe, Jack, walking out of uh, class, walking out of school today to demand action on climate change. Demand that the world's governments declare climate change uh, an emergency. And so, I, you know, I say it's fine. And there are some uh, of your more progressive areas where they're giving the kids excused absences for that. I live in one of those. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not surprised. I, we I, got a big letter from the superintendent encouraging the, 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 you know, that sort of uh, attitude from kids and how great it is that you're active. And all. just whatever. If I ever get a letter from the superintendent of the school I go to that's about reading, writing, or arithmetic, it'll be the first time. Yeah. It's okay. not about some political event. Did he, did he mention that uh, undocumented students would be especially protected if they walked out for climate change? How about, how about, how about kids uh, protest, uh, if you want to get your kids involved in, in protests, 
<laughs> I don't of any kind. But if you want to get your kids involved in protests, how about you do that outside of school? Seven days a week outside of school hours. Absolutely available. I tell you what, it, it, in I almost wish my kids were young enough, although I wouldn't want to stick them out there for my beliefs. No, I, no, I, no. I don't love that. But if you are an actual kid of conservative bent, you need to walk out next Friday for uh, the right to life. You need to walk out next Friday for gun rights. And then, uh, you know, Second Amendment, pro-Second Amendment. And then do it the week after that and the week after that until the soft-headed, uh, you know, progressive administrators realize, okay, we got to have a policy for this. We can't just let stuff we agree with go. Yeah, that'd be a good one. But yeah. And then you got you, it's just the indoctrination going on in school and everything. I'm telling you, this is troubling times. It's interesting. Anyway, it's Friday, so I don't want to. I don't want to pretend I'm troubled. I, I am Friday because I'm ready to party. You know pretend. what I do on the weekends? I'm ready to walk out in favor of climate change. I party on the weekends, <laughs> non-stop party. Oh, you get a party? Actually, I started it last night because it was a little Friday. So, started my party on Thursday night. Thirsty Thursday, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> party right. clear on through Sunday. Um, let's introduce everybody in the squad to kick off the show. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi, this morning, Michael. I'm doing okay. My parents told me something yesterday that I found shocking. Uh, they're You're not their child. No. <laughs> I was asking them about what they did for their wedding, and they said, you know what we did? We just rented a hall, and we had a potluck. Oh, awesome. Uh, now, God, you know what? You, you want like good that, food? Though? You want good food? Potluck. Potlucks are always good food. Ain't that America for you and me, man? That sounds great. That would be Friends great. and family gather. Everybody brings a dish. You hoot, you holler, you have a good time. I would do my classic thing where I bring a, a dish covered in foil, making it seem like it was freshly prepared, something that I'd baked. And you will take off the foil to reveal a plate of Oreo cookies. <laughs> yes. Um, Secret family recipe. <laughs> now, I was just wondering how you would feel as a guest if you got a wedding invitation and said, please bring a dish. Yeah. I mean, I'm not my sure. Wife I wife would make my... start immediately thinking about what she was going to make and bring. And be very excited about it. I love a good potluck. I've, I've never been disappointed eating at a potluck. Usually a variety of chocolate chip cookies. A couple of kinds of baked beans. Even when right. it isn't great, it's good. Right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong. There is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. We have a uh, somewhat of a big weekend at the Cinemaplex after kind of a, a slow uh, previous month. Uh, probably the best movie, if you're looking to see a good movie, is Ad Astra. This is starring the the dreamy Brad Pitt. Also has uh, Tommy Lee Jones, Liv Tyler, some some star power there. Didn't Space... they just have a movie come out? Should, should, should... Yeah, yeah, sometimes, you know, the, the movie releases are kind of on their own thing. Sometimes it's just a coincidence. He was just in the Tarantino flick not too long ago. Uh, but space movie, sci-fi thing, rated PG-13, probably good. But the movie I'm most likely to see this weekend is Rambo Last Blood. That is where the 73-year-old Sylvester Stallone, yes. with a hunting knife, various claymore mines and trip wires and uh, bows and arrows, from what I can tell in the trailer, takes on uh, an entire cartel gang. Some, I don't Fantastic. Know. In he, his 70s. In his 70s, and he's giving them the business. Uh, you can you can check out the trailer times. I believe there were two separate trailer times I did for the trailers of this one at armstrongandgetty.com if you want to get a sense of what this movie's going to be, but I think you know. little compare and contrast. I have a, a, a friend, a golf buddy, just turned 73, and he's retiring. Did you hear that, Steve? Rambo's still thirsting for vengeance. <laughs> he's not retiring, is he? No. So, he's crawling through the jungle with a knife in his teeth. Was the first Rambo early 80s? 
The original Rambo? Late 70s, early 80s yeah. in that range. Yeah. Um, and uh, so they're wrapping it up just now. And they're, they're, are they or bowing? Or are they? Are they bowing? <laughs> this is the last one. Uh, it's called Last Blood, but yeah. there's no, I'm I don't right. know if there's any legal recourse if, they, if there's another blood. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. This is the last one. Signed Ozzy Osbourne on his farewell tour. Yeah, ever since my lawsuit against the never-ending story failed, I have much less fervor for going for these things. Yeah, the I'm sequel gonna... will be Very Last Blood. <laughs> 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 I'm not sure there's any legal recourse if indeed there is another blood. <laughs> wow. Uh, there's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm in the party mood, and we've got something to party. Celebrity author's birthday today. None other than George R.R. R. Martin, who wrote <laughs> Song of Ice and Fire, on uh, which Game of Thrones is based. He is turning 71. Wow. 71. 71st birthday, and on Sunday night, his uh, his creation, Game of Thrones, is going to win about 90 Emmys. I think that's <laughs> at actually least. Tonight. Is it tonight? The Emmys are on a Friday night? I thought that was weird. I may be wrong. No, I'll, I'll confirm. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the uh, good Mr. Martin's net worth is $80 million. I actually thought it would be more. I would have su- suspected that also. Yep. You should have gotten a better deal. Mm-hmm. You are correct. $80 million. So uh, his uh, book sales and TV rights so make him about twenty five million a year. So I don't quite understand how this is all. He must up. he must have signed a bad deal because yeah. there's so much Game of Thrones stuff out there, yep. games and shirts and all the different stuff. And maybe he's not getting a chunk of that for some reason. Yeah, maybe the check hasn't landed in his account yet. Although yes. if you're a smart person, you would spend zero time worrying about that if you have eighty million dollars. <laughs> right. I wouldn't get and you're in your seventies. I wouldn't get too stressed out. He apparently out about lives it. very frugally, uh, you know, lives in a very modest house and uh, I think uh, drives a fairly uh, inexpensive car. Yeah. Well, he got his wealth very late in his life. Yeah, he, yeah. in his 40s, that's, that's 50s. True. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jack He'll Armstrong. He'll be our special guest on our fantasy podcast this afternoon, <laughs> World Building in the Fantasy Genre. <laughs> Hope awesome. you can join us. Uh, I'm it's Jack 11 Armstrong. hours long. <laughs> He's Joe Getty on this Friday, September 20th, year 2019. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Let's get underway, then. Officially, according to FCC rules and regulations at Mark. It's National Talk Like a Pirate Day. Yeah, I'll be sure you greet everyone with an ahoy, matey. Top of the morning to you. Let's get started with Good Morning San Diego. <laughs> ahoy, matey. It'd be a glorious day. Ahoy, matey. Oh, ahoy. <laughs> Arr. <laughs> Arr, Cheryl. Arr. Arr. If you're going to do Talk Like a Pirate Day, what better place than the Arr. That's <laughs> right. Alas, me, Hardy's. We're going to batten down the hatches. Wow. Wow. So yesterday was Talk Like a Pirate Day. You didn't hear any of it on this show because we would like to feel like we're above that sort of thing. Mm. But you know who's not above anything? Mm. Local TV news. Can we amend it to talk like a pirate if you can day? <laughs> Pirates don't say top of the morning to you. <laughs> Leprechauns say that. Right. And there was not a single a vast or scallywag in that entire montage. Yes. Week. I missed that. Yes, a top of the morning in a pirate voice. What are you doing? <laughs> and uh, I like how amused they are when one of them oh, launches oh, into oh. a little pirate. Oh my God, that's crazy! Can what you, you just hear the whimsy? <laughs> oh, oh, that's painful. That's not even on our teleprompter. <laughs> <laughs> that is painful. Uh, what are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? Well, we have an Armstrong and Getty 2020 Democratic primary death poll update for oh, you. One no. that President Trump is already mocking. Oh, boy. 
That's not helpful. On a serious note, day of decision, the National Security Council is going to meet on action against Iran, and the Canadian shame continues. Coming up. <laughs> um, well, I got a Klansman for a prime minister. Oh, my God. That's what I hear. A shock. That's for more or less the truth. And he's 14 years old. So how does mailbag look? Oh, it's fantastic. It's a sprawling epic, much like George R. 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 Martin's <laughs> books. We've got something. Plus, we have on, clips of the week. That's it. I knew there was something on a Friday that right. we did. Clips of the right. week. That's next. Next on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. STE. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Sean, I just saw. What might change my life forever? Uh oh. The wearable chair that you tweeted, you texted out. Oh my God, we got to talk about that later. The new wearable chair. I'm going to have one as soon as I can get one. Wow. I'll never go anywhere without it. Wow. If you get awesome. like a buy one, get one half off, let me know. I'll go in on that. Life changing. I didn't think at this point anything life changing could happen to me. Oh, giving up on life. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, okay, I got to know about this. Stay tuned for more on the wearable chair. Excellent. <laughs> I might actually go out more often to events if I had a chair with me always. Right. I'm a tad fatigued. I think I will sit. Yes. <laughs> Mailbag coming up in a few minutes. But first, let's get a fun look back at the week that was. It's Cow Clips of the Week. And Corn Pop was a bad dude. And he ran a bunch of bad boys. And they had step. In those days, you used to remember the straight race. You'd bang them on the curb, get them rusty, put them in a rain barrel, get them rusty. Look at Netflix. You have choices, but where is quality control? What is Frontier? What is the author? What is Working Mom? It got the Iranian effect of impacting the market, which is what their goal is, to drive up the price of crude. And I'm sorry I called you Esther Williams, because I realize that even now, in 1962, that's a really old reference. And, you know, and your hip action, at times, it looked like they were setting cement your hips. You have to get them going a little bit more. Mr. Lewandowski, you are about like a fish being cleaned with a spoon. It's very hard to get an answer out of you. We'll set you free and the American people. I yield back. The time of the gentlelady has expired. The witness may answer the question. I don't believe there was a question, Congressman. Very well. Yes, there was. (laughs) Could you repeat the question? I didn't hear it. I'd be happy to repeat the question. Just a rant. Not only... One of order has got to be recognized. Not in the middle of... Yes, it does. The motion is to... Since the chairman is not following the House rules, I move to adjourn. Motion is to adjourn. <laughs> the uh, inside is concrete, and it's hardened concrete, very powerful concrete. And again, the concrete's poured after it's up. They pour it through funnels, and a lot of technological advances have been made with concrete. There's some good stuff in there. Wow, that was, that was almost art. That moved me. That changed the way I see the world. I just I I got a, a weird feeling of inevitability out of that. Hmm. Like uh, you know, as Vonnegut would say, "So it goes." The absurdity of everything. I think maybe the only sane thing to do is sit back and observe it on your new wearable chair. Yes, 
please. How soon? <laughs> Mailbag. Here's a freedom-loving quote of the day sent along by Jashan. It's from Thomas Jefferson. A free people should be able to purchase a gas can that effing works. One that's not so effing regulated by an overbearing government that it's rendered a useless piece of ass. I pray that day never comes. If it does, I'll turn over in my grave in disgust. It's Thomas Jefferson. God, I was at the auto parts store the other day. And I needed, or is it? And I needed a gas can because uh, one broke. And I, he said, you don't want to buy one from us. He said, you don't want the California compliant gas can. Right. I said, he said, you need to get. I said, dude, don't get me started. Oh, I boy. said, if my wife was here, he said, you don't get me started. And he went on a rant as the guy that worked at the auto parts store about how essy the gas can is. And how. And he said, he used my line on me. I've sport, spilled more gas since they got the new safe gas can than I spilled in my entire life. Absolutely. With, with the old gas can. Me too. Signed everybody. Which is just but amazing. But the bureaucrats adopted that design to keep spills down and fumes down, and now it's permanent. And people are spilling gas all over Cal Unicornia, and have been for years, and, I, and everybody knows it. And I said to the guy, and I said, this is what I'd like to do. I'd love to get the people that voted for this. I want to watch them fill up their lawnmower. Right. I want to, I want, they probably don't have it. They right. don't have a lawnmower. He said, oh, try filling up a chainsaw or something like that with right. one of these. Right. Right. It's impossible. I've done it. God, and it's yet just, to it me, is the, permanent now. And you want to put these people in charge of the entire economy. And actually, Great. this fits into the battle between Gavin Newsom and Trump over cars over the last couple of weeks. The reason Trump's fighting that, I try to buy a gas can in other states. So many of them are now California compliant because they dominate the market so much mm. that other cans have started making, they've just started getting in line. Free your can. Unusable. So we're linking the video at our website, armstrongandgetty.com, for the new wearable chair. It's kind of like a fanny pack you wear with uh, two little metal legs on the back. And then you can uh, you can adjust them real quickly. And then you can sit down anywhere. you got some legs. Wow. Your two legs and those two legs. Wow. And they think it'll change the workplace because you can go around to different places. You don't need chairs and just sit anywhere you want. It'd be so great at like a music festival or a fair or something like anywhere what? you go, you can just sit down. What sort of yeah. surfaces are my glutes residing on? Is it like a canvas thing that stretches across my butt yeah, or what? We'll have, we'll have so to sh- picture like the thigh pads on the front of football. Got things. it. So that's kind of on on the back of your hamstrings, and then okay. these kickstands are attached to those. I got it. So it's like a yeah, it's a oh. hinge on a flat piece that the back oh. of your thighs are on. So kind of dual. Ham rests, if you will. Yeah, yeah, ham rests. And it's good for people up to 265 pounds. Wow. So, of course, in the video, they got hot guys and hot women showing, look, all the really hot chicks are doing it. Sure, they a wearable are. chair. But- and this is great for you guys because you're married. So the, the fact that it's also single woman repellent would be great for you guys. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Who needs a temptation? I might not go anywhere without one of these in the future. It's like the first thing I put on in the morning. My wearable chair. Oh, please. I can sit anywhere I go. I love it. I'd wear it at the gym. I'd just run on the (laughs) treadmill and just sit down. (laughs) Anyway, let's check it out at our website, armstrongandgetty.com. News now with Marshall Phillips. All right, it is Friday, and we have got the news. It is time for an Armstrong and Getty 2020 Democratic primary death pool update. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio has dropped out of the White House race. I've contributed all I can to this primary election, 
And uh, Which it's was clearly what? not my time, so I'm going to end my presidential campaign. Why? You contributed Already? a lot to the primary election. I'm not sure you moved the argument any direction. Uh, I think he contributed mirth. True I that. consider that a victory. Well, <laughs> you're welcome. Or thank you. De Blasio lunch. Did he ever get above 1% nationally? Mm. He, he briefly moved <laughs> off of 0 to 1 and then went back to 0. I don't know if he ever got above one I, single vote. I'm trying to decide no. which is more absurd, De Blasio or the... Uh, the wearables the new, chair. Joe's watching the video for the new wearable chair. I'm investing today. I'm putting Nobody's my money in it. Nobody's going to use that thing. I'm sinking all my money That's into wearables. That's the stupidest chairs. thing I've ever seen. That's <laughs> awesome. And I do love how they have like fitness models in their hipster wear. Oh, look at that walking, there. Look at her. Look at her. She's walking down the street. Got legs of a chair strapped in. <laughs> She's wearing a harness around her, her nether regions. The new it's wearable sure. chair. It's <laughs> oh, awesome. Oh, you got to see it. Armstrongandgetty.com. Oh. I'm sorry. Oh. I got. I'm the go. Oh. Back to the news. All right. <laughs> anyway, back to De Blasio. National polls showed him stuck with just one percent support, and uh, the uh, Siena College poll released yesterday showed him at zero percent with New York voters. Wow. So not only zero percent nationally, where you could say, well, they don't know him yet. Right. In New York, where they know him best, he's right. at zero percent. Wow. And President Trump already weighing in on this oh, news. Oh, good. Sending out a Twitter that reads, oh, no, really big political news. Perhaps the biggest story in years. Part-time mayor of New York City at Bill de Blasio, who was rolling or polling at a solid zero, but had (laughs) tremendous room for growth, has shockingly dropped out of the presidential race. Oh, God. New York City is devastated. He's coming home. (laughs) Wow. Trolling. Meanwhile, the uh, president is going to be hearing from a, broad, uh, uh, from a number of security experts about a broad range of military options. That meeting is going to be going on today as he's considering how to respond to the Iranian attack on Saudi Arabia's oil industry. U.S. officials say the president's going to have a long list of uh, ways to go on this. Military strikes, also cyber attacks, possibly more economic sanctions. Officials say a decision is expected to come out of this meeting, though it is not guaranteed. So they are having high-level meetings on uh, response to uh, the Iranian attack on the Saudis. I suspect the uh, days that have passed in between the attack and now are spent uh, calling various leaders around the world trying to build a a coalition. Correct. Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau continues addressing photos that show him in blackface on multiple occasions spanning decades. And while he's come clean about the three images that are not are now circulating, apparently there may be more. Speaking in Canada, Trudeau said what he did hurt people who shouldn't have to face intolerance and discrimination. Is always unacceptable because of the racist history of blackface. I should have understood that then. Uh, and I never should have done it. Now, Trudeau. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm going to pull my eyes to the side and do my hilarious Chinese voice. Trudeau adding. <laughs> Trudeau adding, he didn't realize the racial history of blackface. Wait a minute. I somebody said, somebody hand that. me a salad bowl. I'll put it on my head <laughs> and stretch my eyes and say, Ching Chong, go ahead, <laughs> Justin. You racist? You hypocrite? I don't. It's difficult to cover this story in that I don't think you are a racist because you ever did that in the past, right? Uh, automatically, you're an idiot. On the other hand, if he's going to like just yesterday, he lectured a reporter for using yeah. the term mankind. Right. 
So you're one of those people. You're so freaking perfect. Oh, he is so sanctimonious. He's really tough to take. Wow. Yeah. So just shut up. And, and it is a Friday, and there's a bunch of people getting ready to party for this weekend. Nevada authorities are preparing for the folks to flow into the Storm Area 51 section this That's weekend. That's right, that was for this weekend. Oh, yes. for goodness sakes. Last June, a 21-year-old college student started a joke on Facebook called Storm Area 51. They can't stop all of us. The U.S. Air Force, however, is warning people not to Storm Area 51. So instead, a bunch they of... They will stop all of you. No matter how many bullets they have to use, mm-hmm. they, they get stop of all of you. Yep. So instead, a bunch of them are camping out at a little town near Area 51. I'll and bet that's a heck of a good party. I'd bring my wearable chair. This is almost essentially just going to turn into a, a small collection of very popular YouTube influencers kind of hanging around, making videos of it. I wouldn't be surprised right. if this somehow turns into a new kind of Burning Man yeah. annual yeah. party I thing at Area that. 51. I can yeah. see that. Turns into a commerce thing, yeah. And there's supposedly going to be dozens of musical acts playing out there through Sunday. Oh, yeah. So it's a new there festival. It's a party. Yeah, okay. indeed. That's if I was your... at a different stage in my life, I would make the drive. I would be there. With that... your wearable chair. <laughs> with my wearable chair. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be on my wearable chair with my cargo pants. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Just waiting yeah. for the ladies to line up. <laughs> that's, that, that's your news. You come over here and sit on my lap as soon as I extend my legs. Here we go. Okay, I'm ready now. <laughs> I'm, I'm Marshall Phillips on the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Oh, God dang oh. it, that's funny. That's good oh, stuff boy. right there. How many candidates we got left now with another one getting off? Oh, plenty. There's still like 15, right? Absolutely oh, plenty. At least. Mm-hmm. I that, think there are 20 still. Yeah. That is plenty. Yeah, but seriously now, there are six that you can even justify expelling air across your vocal cords to talk about. And barely, you know, like three of those. All right. Yeah. I mean, that, that six includes such jokers as Cory Booker. So let's be serious now. How about this headline? There are 2.9 billion fewer birds in North America than 50 years ago. A new study found, and it stunned researchers. Yikes. That's a troubling story. Yeah. We ought to touch on the whistleblower story of the day about Trump. Among other things, we got in the way. There's a new poll out with Trump's approval rating and all that sort of stuff. On the way on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yes, we have the video for the new wearable chair that is out at armstrongandgetty.com. I think it's going to change the world. Um, <clears throat> Excuse me, allergies. New poll numbers out. Trump's approval rating ticked up slightly to 45% in the recent Fox poll. His all-time high is 48. He was at 43. He, he hangs around a range. Uh, unlike most presidents, and he's never gone much higher than certain numbers or much lower than certain numbers. 39 to 48. Yeah, and he's at 45 now, and uh, you can definitely get reelected president at 45. So we'll see what happens in 400-some days. This story is troubling. The skies are emptying of birds. Since 1970, there are almost 
there's been almost a uh, a third drop in the number of birds that exist in North America. Um, almost a third? Almost a third since 1970 in Canada <clears throat> and the United States. 2.9 billion fewer birds. Now you got my attention. Almost 3 billion fewer birds since 1970. And it uh, it shocked researchers and conservation organizations. Organi- I don't know who counted the birds. It's good work if you can get it. 4 Bird billion, counters, 300. Wait a second. You look familiar. I got to start over. You got to stop One, moving. Two. Stop moving. Uh, I have no idea how they even start to count birds. But um, uh, apparently nobody had been doing it, and they're shocked that there's so many fewer birds, and they don't exactly know why. Decreasing habitat's a good guess. Pesticides is a guess. Um, I feel like there are a lot less birds than when I was a kid. Um, I live in the country and have trees and stuff like that, and there are birds, but not like when I was a kid. Hmm. My my dad and I, my dad would. We were always talking about bir- this bird sound and that bird sound and those birds and well, there's there's there are a lot fewer birds than there used to be. Interesting. Um, lots of just your regular sparrows, robins, that sort of stuff. Just they're gone. Yeah, I live in a fairly bird heavy area, so I haven't noticed, but uh, that that's shocking. It's troubling. And when you say insecticides, it's the, probably that the birds don't have as much to eat. I don't know. Is that it? I don't know. Did you say pesticides? The same thing. Um, yeah, I wonder. I mean, as opposed to some horrendous chemical that softens their eggshells. That just seems like the sort of horrifying thing that could have mm-hmm. ramifications we can't even imagine. Well, like just worms everywhere. I would suggest. Just overcome with worms. <laughs> I would suggest that it literally is a canary in the coal mine. Dis- the disappearance of almost a third of birds? Yeah. Yeah, that uh, that's not good. I don't know. Can you use canary in the coal mine? Can you use another it's, it's bird? Little, I think it's <laughs> redundant. It's birdundant. <laughs> uh, Colt has stopped making the AR-15 for the general market. Want to talk about that later? Is uh, politics with Walmart stopping selling various guns and Colt stopping making the AR-15? The politics pushing these people. They're afraid of lawsuits. What's going on there? More on that later. You know, I was going to say some some cynical uh, and 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 allegedly funny things about the climate change walkout of all the little kids today mm-hmm. a bunch of schools around the world they expect uh, young people from more than 150 countries to skip school in solidarity how many young people uh, i don't know 20, how many people actually participate 25 I don't, I don't know the uh, there are a number of progressive school districts that have said yeah you can do it excused ab- absence um let's My see in australia seems... they had more than 300,000 my son seems to be unaware of it uh, he hasn't he hasn't mentioned it anyway, and uh, I wasn't going to. I want I just want I wanted to see if he hears about it at school. Yeah, okay. But with all those missing birds, I don't know. I'm a little frightened. I'm a little freaked out. I don't know what's going on. You don't have to be uh, a climate change denier or in favor of the world getting warmer or anything like that to be against school kids walking out of class for political reasons. Right. I think that's a terrible idea. Right. And if, if they're walking out of class in favor of something I'm four square behind, I'd think it was a bad as idea. As you mentioned earlier, let's see if the schools are so excited about the kids walking out of class, if it's you know pro-life movement or pro-NRA, pro-Second Amendment, just a pro-Second Amendment. wouldn't have to be sure. NRA. Yeah. Something perfectly justifiable. Yeah, pro Second Amendment. No way they let you have excused absence. Well, just pro liberty, anti big government. And then how often do you get to do it? Right. Yeah. I was going to. I was considering bringing in a little recording of. It, it's actually. Uh, there is a number. A number of folks who are documenting some of the 
really scary indoctrination going on at Evergreen College. Um, James Bogosian is 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 part of that uh, group of people and some others whose names I can't you know not at the tip of my fingers, but um, they're documenting all the the crazy far left indoctrination in schools and colleges and how it's working its way down. And now the communists at Evergreen College and they're actually communists. Um, I'm not disparaging them; they're communists. But the uh, the super woke crowd is now pushing hard into elementary schools, high schools, middle schools, elementary schools. And they were so proud of this. And they were trotting out the little indoctrinated kids who was spouting the party line. And it was scary. Like what it sort of stuff freaky. they talking about? Oh, just they're selling the kids on the whole in- intersectional thing. The one lady's premise, the, the chick who's the headmaster or whatever, was saying that, you know, we've tried to close the achievement gap between white students and students of color. Uh, by emphasizing academics and really drilling down on the academics to try to get the kids caught up, uh, the kids of color. But that didn't work. So we've changed our approach now, and we've made everything about social justice and uh, intersectionality and uh, with some other terms she threw around. And, and, and then the kids said, yes, now I understand that white people are blah, 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 you know, just spouting the party line. And the really strange thing that strikes me is what she is saying is, we can't get the kids of, or we've failed to bring the kids of color up to speed in the stuff that we ought to know. So we've changed our definition of what you ought to know. So now we're teaching this other stuff. And math now flows from social justice. And we teach math. So, so social sciences are part of every, every class. And yeah, so they've just turned it into a, uh, you know, re-education camp where they'll occasionally mention, you know, math and and and, and English and, and the other stuff. Man, if your school's doing that, you either got to move or, like, take a second job or whatever it takes to get into a private school. You can't, you just can't do that. I, I would agree. Yeah, now, that's If rough. you live in one of the Looney Tunes parts of the country, I don't think you get how far they've gone already. Um, it's easy to miss because you're busy with your everyday life, and we have the uh, the duty slash the luxury to observe this sort of thing all the time is what we do. Um, but I'm telling you, you know what? Maybe we'll grab some of that video and play you some of the stuff because it is it's it's insane. And you see these innocent little kids who are spouting what their authority figures have told them to spout, and it's like every other extremist uh, political movement through history. It's scary. You know, the whole Trump is Hitler thing was just idiotic beyond belief. He's barely got the support of his own party. And, yeah, I've seen the approval ratings, but look at Congress. Look at how much resistance he gets in Congress and the Senate and stuff. Trump, Trump's not even going to be George W. Bush, much less um, Hitler. So, but I'm not a fan of Hitler. But if you look at the indoctrination of little children and what schools are doing, that's how extremist political movements get um, get momentum. I don't That's know. Scary, I'll be interested to see if they they mention at school the whole global warming walkout because to me, even if you mention it, you've put in kids' heads the idea: okay, this is a major important topic, right? And this is the side of it we should all be on. Mm-hmm. You're just introducing that to young children, right? It rises, and you you would make the natural assumption: okay, this is a bigger deal than you know anything else I've ever heard of because mm-hmm. we're willing to or allowed to walk out of school for it, right? Well, it is universally being reported in the media. Sure, of course. And promoted in the media. 
Um, which, you know what, and, and it won't do any lasting damage, um, I don't think, you know, letting the kids walk out, but it's just, it, it's patently unfair. It's political indoctrination in schools, and it's just, it's wrong. But We got this text kind of uh, not related to what we were talking about, but it is related to schools. We've talked a lot about uh, uh, in the last couple of years about how the number of students that get straight A's compared to where what it used to be. It's just the great inflation yeah. for a variety of reasons. Got this text. My daughter found school and now college so ridiculously easy that it's almost embarrassing to her. She's smart, but she's not a genius. She's not a straight A student. Right. You know, that that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So does that fit in with the whole if you if you emphasize politics, you make all the other stuff easier or is that just a completely separate issue? They care more about global warming and social justice and all this different stuff than they do math and science and everything like that. Or is that just the, we don't want anybody yelling at us, so we give everybody A's? There's a, I think there, there's plenty of both. You know, the same things is happening in college, from what we understand. It strikes me that, you know, another aspect of this, and we've talked about this a lot, is how it's changed so much in the last 30, 40 years, that 30 years ago, virtually nobody defined themselves first and foremost by their politics. That was a very strange person or somebody who was involved day-to-day in politics. Your average person, you'd get down to the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh way you'd describe yourself before you'd even mention your politics. And now it's first or second, virtually everybody online. They've done the studies. And what the, that indoctrination in schools is doing is, is encouraging the kids to see themselves like that. And pick a side, obviously. And, and, and to be convinced that the other side is evil and will set the globe on fire. It might be the same as the, the advertising of Coke and Pepsi. you got to get them on a brand early and hope they stick with it the rest of their lives. Armstrong and Getty.